So today is December 26. It is the last Sunday of the year 2021. So I have the privilege of sharing with you all this morning for the last Sunday before we enter into a new year. And so this week is always a strange week, the week before Christmas and New Year's, isn't it? It's always, we're not sure what day it is. We don't really know what's going on. We're not sure our plans. We just got done with Christmas, so we're like, you know, usually tired the next day and this next week to recover. A lot of you probably have off of work. I'm a teacher, so I get like two and a half weeks off, so that's nice. Some of you are shaking your head, don't have, you don't have off work tomorrow? Anybody off work all week this week? Yeah, where's my teachers? Teacher life. Yes. All right, all, all my students, you guys don't have school? You guys don't have school, right? Unless you're homeschooled because you live there. So then you always do, you're always doing school. You guys are always doing homeschool. Daily grams, do your daily grams. I was homeschooled. I survived the homeschooling so I can talk about the experience. So that's why I'm awkward. Uh, so this week, <laughs> this week is December 26th, 27th through the 31st. So I want you to get your phones out if you don't already. If you're already on your phones, then how dare you? Uh, get your phone out. Look at your calendar. December 26th is today. Tomorrow, December 27th is Monday, okay? Now, I'm telling you this because I always forget what day it is. The week after Christmas and the week before New Year's, I'm always like, is it Saturday again for the third day in a row? I don't, I don't know what day it is. So we're going to look together. Tomorrow is December 27th is a Monday. Then the 28th is a Tuesday. 29th is a Wednesday. 30th is a Thursday. December 31st, New Year's Eve is a Friday, Okay. All right, so we're all going to be on the same page. Now, while you're on your calendar, go to December 27th, add a event, press add an event. You guys didn't know this is an IT class today. There's a little button there at the top right. Andrew, I need you to come up here and do the IT part. Uh, so add an event tomorrow morning, whatever time you wake up. I don't know what time you wake up on the day after, after Christmas. But whatever time you wake up, put in your event, prayer time, for the year 2022, all right? Tomorrow morning, giving you an assignment right now, take some time and have yourself a merry little prayer time. Prayer time for the year 2022, all right? Because this week, I believe, is a week that we can be encouraged, we can be filled with hope, we can be uh, resting from the year that was and be ready for the year to come. This is the week that we can charge ourselves in the word of God. And I'm going to talk more about that here in a minute. But we know uh, this week uh, is a restful week. It's almost a, like a Sabbath week in a way, before Christmas, or after Christmas and before the New Year's. I see a lot of faces here that are familiar with the One Thing Conference. Remember the One Thing Con- Kansas City, One Thing IHOP Conference? If you've ever been there, raise your hand. We've, a lot of you have been there at the One Thing Conferences. I used to love those, those weeks, because uh, I, I went one time in the year 2013, I went. And actually, this church sent Kayla and I, uh, actually, an anonymous, I don't even know who did it, but somebody bought us plane tickets and bought us a hotel right in the heart of Kansas City. So whoever that was, thank you. Um, eight years ago, when Kayla and I first came on staff here, they thought it would be a good idea for, to send us to Kansas City for this One Thing conference where it was a week full of worship, prayer, uh, encouragement. It was an entire week. And then on New Year's Eve, we would stay up all night worshiping with 20,000 other 
uh, passionate believers, and it was a great way to get into the new year. And so always around this time, I always still feel that, uh, that energy of this week, you know, the, the, the time to recharge, the time to get ready for what's to come. And it's an exciting time. It's an exciting week uh, for me to pray and to ask God to give me a word of encouragement. And so here's what I do. You can do this too. Here's what I do this week. Uh, and easy, even kind of starting in December, I ask God to, to give me just one word for the new year, just a, just a single word, okay? I'm a simple-minded man. Lord, give me just one word to encourage me this year. So last year was, what year was, yeah, 2020, okay? So the end of last year, December of last year, uh, we all know uh, it was a very difficult, uh, trying year in 2020. And so I asked God during that time, Lord, what is to come from all of this, from 2020? It was a year of uh, great tragedy, great um, impact on my life. And even um, I'm preaching today with a heavy heart, and I want to remember my friend um, this day last year on December 26th, Tyler and I's friend, um, uh, uh, last year um, a friend of mine named Mark Searcy uh, passed away tragically in a car accident. And um, so I, I preached today with a heavy heart, and it was a, it was a, a day that, you know, just was real difficult, uh, left behind a, a wife and four, four children. And so I actually want to take some time right now before we even go further and just remember my friend Mark. We did a lot of ministry together. We did a lot of uh, fun stuff together. He was really important in my life when I was um, a young adult and uh, somebody that, that we did ministry together. I preached it. He was a youth pastor down the road. I preached at his church a couple times, and we just um, had a, a really good relationship. And so um, I just want to pray for the Cersei family before we even go any further. So, Lord, we, we thank you, Lord, for the life of, of Mark, Lord, and my friend, God. Somebody that meant so much to so many around this area, Lord. I just pray for Cindy, Lord, and the children, Lord. I pray that you give them comfort and peace, Lord, uh, in this time, God. That out of a hopeless situation, Lord, that you would restore hope and give uh, new life and new meaning, God, and new purpose, Lord. We thank you, Lord, for all the people that, that Mark ministered to, Lord. Just what an impactful life he lived, God. I just pray for those seeds that he planted, Lord, would continue to grow, Lord, and continue to be uh, flourishing today. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. So, speaking of the year 2020, it was a year um, of of just ashes and and hardship. And so I said, Lord, what is to come from this? What's a a word that I could have for, for the year 2021? What could I have? What is it, Lord, that you're encouraged me with? And I felt like the Lord shared with me, uh, the word grow, the word growth. Okay. So I wrote it down in my little journal, and I kept it open on my, on my desk at the end of December 2020. And Kayla, with her, you know, funny self, came up to me one day, and she was like, I was praying, and I just felt like there was a word that God gave me. Does it mean anything to you, the word grow? I'm like, oh, my goodness. It was confirmation. And she's like, yeah, I saw it on your desk. Okay. okay. <laughs> Silly. But it was a year, listen, it was a year that out of the ashes of 2020, um, I can stand here now at the end of 2021 and say that this was really a, a year for me personally, a year of growth, a really good year, um, where the Lord has really blessed me personally uh, and our family, and literally our family has grown this year. I mean, we have a, a third child, and we didn't find that out until, I guess, February or March of 2021, when we found out we were having, we were, our family was literally growing. And so that was a confirmation that the Lord was speaking to me uh, in December of 2020. 
And so now I'm praying and asking God to just give me one more word for this next year, for 2022. And so I'm going to encourage you to do that as well, to, to pray and ask God just to give you, to give you one word for this, for this new year. And so there's a, a story in Mark 10, 51 through 52, where Jesus encounters this blind man. And this blind man pushes through the crowd, and he, and he sees Jesus. Well, he doesn't see. He's blind. He hears Jesus, and he goes up to him, and he's begging for, for him to, to do something. And Jesus turns and looks at him and says this phrase. You have it up there, Scott, Mark, Mark 10. I'm sorry, Mark 10, 51 through 52. What do you want me to do for you? Jesus asked. My rabbi, the blind man, said, I want to see. And Jesus said to him, go, for your faith has healed you. Instantly, the man could see, and he followed Jesus down the road. And so for you, what is that one word that you feel like Jesus is saying to you? What is it when he asks you that question? What do you want from me? There's a word inside of us in our heart's, in our heart's desire that God's given us. He's placed a, a, a word inside of our heart that he's given us. It's our, and, and he wants us to, to ask him, what do you want me to do for you? He knows us better than we know ourselves, doesn't he? We can take personality tests and take all these things to try to figure out who we are, but Jesus knows us better than we know ourselves. So why not go to him and ask him to encourage us, to give us a word that, that we maybe didn't even think about, but he knows what we need. If we place ourselves in his presence and ask for this encouraging word, he will give it to us. The one word is our, is our heart's desire of yours. It's that he placed in there. Just like I saw a lot of death in 2020, my heart's desire was to see growth. Something good to happen from all this tragedy. Something good, Lord. I was desperate. I was like the blind man. God, what is going on? What is this? What is all the purpose of this? I need you to speak to me because 2020 wiped me out. It wiped a lot of us out. And now here we're standing December 2021. And for me, God has encouraged me. He's, he's given me growth. He's given me some, some extra hope. And there's still some residue from the year 2020 and the year and years before that. There's still some residue there that the Lord is still dealing with and working through uh, with me. And so we sing that song, Raise a Hallelujah, and it says that up from the ashes, hope will arise. So that's my prayer. Lord, that was my prayer. Lord, do something good from all the bad. Do something. And this is the, the, the cry of the world we live in. Do something good. Is there something good out of all the bad that's going on around us? The world is asking this, this question. They might not be asking God, but they're asking the question. What is all this purpose of this all? We see in Romans 8. I love Romans 8. I could probably just read that and just walk away and be, we'll be good today. Romans 8, uh, 18 through 28 says this. Yet what we suffer is now nothing compared to the glory he will reveal to us later. For all creation is waiting eagerly for that future day when God will reveal who his children really are. Against its will, all creation was subjected to God's curse, but with eager hope, the creation looks forward to the day when it will join God's children in glorious freedom from death and decay. For we know that all creation has been groaning as in the pains of childbirth right up to the present time. And we believers also groan even though we have the Holy Spirit within us as a foretaste of future glory. For we long for our bodies to be released from sin and suffering. We too wait with eager hope for the day when God will give us our full rights as his adopted children, including the new bodies he has promised us. We were given this hope when we were saved. 
If we already have something, we don't need to hope for it. But we look forward to something we don't yet have. We must wait patiently and confidently. And the Holy Spirit helps us in our weakness. For example, we don't know what God wants us to pray for, but the Holy Spirit prays for us with groanings that cannot be expressed in words. And the Father who knows all hearts knows what the Spirit is saying. For the Spirit pleads for us believers in harmony with God's own will. And we know that God causes everything to work together for the good of those who love God and are called according to his purposes for them. The world is groaning. We as believers even are groaning. But at least we have somebody to go to. I don't know how unbelievers live in this world without God, you know? I mean, we can, as believers, we have, we have a lot of struggles, and we have present sufferings, and we have groanings, and we have hardships, and we have all these things as well, but we have somebody to go to. We have a good father. Unbelievers have somebody to go to as well, but we as his children, he's looking, and they're eagerly waiting for something, for us to do something, and so we need a word of encouragement for ourselves and to give to other people. And so like uh, Romans 8 at the very end, 28 says, he works out the good, he works out for good. So he's working it out. In the middle of all that we are going through, God is at work. But this time in between, like this week between Christmas and New Year's Day, it can feel long. This life can feel a little awkward. This week can feel a little disjointed. We don't know what day it is. This week can feel a little meaningless. We had Christmas, we're all excited, and then we have New Year's Eve, we're like, okay, we got this, but what do we do in between? It's like feeling meaningless, or really, not really sure what to do. We know what to do on Christmas, usually, and we, we, what to do on New Year's, but the week in between is a little just different and weird. Think of it this way. Kind of this week represents something in a grander scale. Christmas represents the, the birth of Christ, the life of Christ, the death, the resurrection of Christ. Christmas can represent also the ascension of Christ, all right? So we can look at it that way. Then we can look at New Year's Day, kind of like the, uh, the second coming of Christ, when he's going to come again and restore and make all things new again. And so you look at those two, those two, the, those two poles there, those two Maranathas, like our church is. Maranatha, the Lord has come. Christmas, yay, the Lord has come. He's here. He showed us the way to the Father. He died for our sins. He resurrected from the dead. He ascended. And he's at the right hand of the Father. Christmas, right? Maranatha. Then there's another day coming. Maranatha. The Lord has come again. The Lord is coming. Maranatha. New Year's Day. Yes, he's coming again to restore all things. All things new. New Year's. New day. Woohoo! But this week in between <laughs> is life. This week in between those two exciting Maranatha moments is the life that we live that can feel very long, drawn out, awkward, meaningless at times, hopeless at times. When is this thing going to (laughs) end? Where are we going? Where did we come from? What's happening? What do we do? Is that the questions we all ask? What do we do? What do we do? What do we do this week? So if you don't know what to do with your life, I'll just give you one week right now. Maybe we just need one week. So this week, I already encouraged you, this week, what do we do? Is you can go home 
and do something this week. It's a real easy encouragement, real easy answer. And as a Bible teacher, I tell my students to do this all the time. Here's what you can do this week. Read the Bible. Yes. (laughs) Read the Bible. There we go. That's all. Just sit before the Lord. You already have it in your calendar. You already have it set. You already have a date, right? You put it in there. Some of you are like, oh, yeah, I forgot to finish that. Put it in there. Read the Bible. Ask God to give you an encouragement because we need it. Jesus has come the first time. He's coming again. But this time in between can be really difficult. And so we need the word to encourage us. And the word is that. It's a word of encouragement. It's full of hope as we live in the time in between. Romans 15, 4. I love this verse, how it encapsulates what the scriptures are. Such things were written in the scriptures long ago to teach us. And the scriptures give us hope and encouragement as we wait patiently for God's promises to be fulfilled. The scriptures give us a hope as we wait patiently for this Maranatha, for this second coming. feels long, but we're eagerly waiting for it. We're, we're, we're desiring it. And then there's a prayer later on in Romans 13, 15, 13. I love this prayer. I'm going to pray this right now. I pray this, that the God, the source of hope, will fill you completely with joy and peace because you trust in him. Then you will overflow with confident hope through the power of the Holy Spirit. Now it's giving us more meaning. We're not just saved to uh, sit back and just wait, you know, by ourselves for the Lord to come, but we're filled with overflowing confident hope that the people that we walk and encounter, we can be hope to them, overflowing out of us into their lives by the power of the Holy Spirit. This is what makes life exciting. This is what makes life awesome, is when you're so full of the Holy Spirit and God, you're so full of power that you begin to give words of encouragement to people. You begin to, to help people and hold people's hands and, and pull them through life and, and let's go, let's do this thing. And so this week, as you're praying for a word, think about other people as well. We need it for ourselves. Yes, I need it for myself. Okay, there's a lot of, uh, a lot of people, a lot of students that I have that, that the Lord has uh, blessed me to be a part of their lives and to encourage them and to um, teach them the word of God. But I first need some, I need some encouragement, God because I can't encourage others if I'm not encouraged. And so I go before the Lord for myself first. God, give me this. Fill me with hope. Fill me, please. I need it. And then he does. He meets me there. And then what do I do? I'm ready to go out into this world and to encourage other people. So Jesus is asking us right now, just like he asked the the blind man, what do you want me to do for you? What do you need right now? for the Lord to fill you with? What do you need right now? I want to real quickly just walk through one more thing here is this, is that uh, there's, scriptures talk about this time in between a lot. And in Genesis through Joshua, Genesis through Deuteronomy is the first five books, the Torah, the, the Pentateuch, but then we get to Joshua. And Genesis is exciting. We like reading Genesis, and maybe some of you will do that. You know, uh, New Year's Day, a lot of us read Genesis 1. We get excited about reading the Bible. Here we go. I'm going to read the Bible all through the year. This is my year to read it. We get to like January 4th, and we're like, oh, I forgot to read Gen- uh, Genesis 2 and 3 and 4. Now I've got to read three chapters today. <laughs> Too much work. <laughs> and so 
we get excited about reading Genesis, and maybe you, you, you do that every year, and, and it's an exciting book, right? It talks about creation. It talks about uh, the life of uh, um, Abraham and Isaac and Jacob and Joseph at the end. It's really cool. And then you get into Exodus, and you're like, this is exciting, and there's movies written about Exodus and the Moses story. That's really cool. And then halfway through Exodus, there's kind of a, a lull part there where it talks about the temple, and people are like, what is this? And then you get to the end of Exodus, and Moses meets God. And you're like, this is awesome. This is cool. Whoa, God lit up Moses' face, and he's on a mountain, and people are worshiping golden calves, and, and Moses is breaking things. This is an exciting book. Woohoo! And then you get to Leviticus, and you're like, oh. But Leviticus is Jesus' favorite book. And you re- if, if you want to read Leviticus, read it with Hebrews and Leviticus and match them up and read it together. That's a really fun read there. And so we get to Leviticus kind of in the middle of these exciting things that happen. You're like, well, I'm not sure what this is about, this sacrifice, what is going on. It's kind of mundane in a way, talking about these little details of sacrifice. We kind of lose track of it a little bit. And then we get to Numbers, and we just completely skip over Numbers for some reason, even though Numbers actually has a lot of good stories in it. It has a lot of good, exciting moments of Moses and leading the people, and, they, mos- and they, they run around a desert for 40 years. It's pretty cool. They just kind of circle around the whole place and trying to figure out things, and they get cursed by people, and donkeys talk. And you're like, this is interesting. So it is an interesting book, so give it some, give it some play. But the book of Numbers really is what I'm talking about, the time in between. The book, book of Numbers encapsulate that, the time in between. I mean, think about it, numbers. We like to count things right now, don't we? We, we count a lot of things. We count our years that we live on this earth. Numbers is that book where Moses is leading the people for 40 years in a desert, talk about mundane, meaningless, hopelessness, darkness, cold, desert, some really hot moments, especially. And so you're just kind of wandering in the book of Numbers a lot. Then you get to Deuteronomy, and there's another lot of laws, and it's kind of Moses repeating himself. It's the second Torah teaching where Moses gives them again, and you're like, this is kind of, I don't really know what's happening. Deuteronomy 6 is really good, but then there's like a lot of other things that are like confusing, and so, but then at the end of Deuteronomy, spoiler alert, Moses does die at the end of Deuteronomy, which he wrote Deuteronomy. So how did he write his own death? That's always a mystery to me, but we got a guy named Joshua who I believe probably finished it. So then you get to the book of Joshua. You're like, now I don't have to read my Bible this year. Thanks, Kevin, Um, but you get to Joshua, and it's exciting. The book of Joshua, listen, the book of Joshua is exciting. Joshua, the conquering soldier, God says to him, hey, I'm going to be with you wherever you go. Be strong and courageous. Yeah, I want to be like Joshua. I don't want to be like the Israelites wandering in the desert. What was Moses thinking? Joshua's so much better. Yeah, Joshua. And here he goes, conquering the land of Canaan, and he fulfills the promise that was talked about in Genesis. He does it. Moses doesn't even see the fulfillment. But Joshua carries the torch, and he goes, and we read about about the book of Jericho, where they march around the walls, and the walls come tumbling down, and we sing songs about it. Joshua, yeah! And he conquers, and he fulfills that promise, and we're like, this is awesome. Then you read, like, Joshua 11 through, like, 23, and they're just, like, dividing the land up, which is like, what is this? So that part's kind of, you know, mundane and boring. But anyways, my point is this. All those first five books of the Bible— there's a lot of moments of the in-between that we just kind of skip over. We read a lot of Genesis and Exodus. We go to Joshua. This is exciting. But Numbers, Leviticus, Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy, just kind of like, but that's our life. <laughs> it's that in-between moment that we're living in right now. And what do we need? What, is, what do the people wandering the desert need? They needed daily bread. Daily bread. That's what they needed. That's simple, right? 
That's what I need. Just daily bread. That's all I need. And if Martina Downey wants to make me daily bread, that would be great because she makes great bread. Where is she? Martina. So all of this to say this uh, is that the, at, in Exodus, right before Moses wanders in the desert, and uh, Alex, you, you want to come back up? Okay. We're going to spend some more time in prayer here. But right before uh, Moses goes into the desert, listen, Moses was in charge of hundreds of thousands of people. Think about the pressure that he had. What did Moses do with that pressure and that weight that he carried? He went to the Lord. Look at Exodus 33, 11 through 14. It says this. Inside the tent of meeting, the Lord would speak to Moses face to face as one speaks to a friend. Afterward, Moses would return to the camp, but the young man who assisted him, Joshua, son of Nun, would remain behind in the tent of meeting. One day, Moses said to the Lord, You have been telling me, take these people up to the promised land. But you haven't told me in whom you will send with me. You have told me, I know you by name, and I look favorably on you. If it is true that you look favorably on me, let me know your ways so I may understand you more fully and continue to enjoy your favor. And remember that this nation is your very own people. You hear the cry of Moses. God, I can't do this without you. He didn't know he was about to go into a desert for 40 years. He didn't know what was ahead of him. We don't know what's ahead of us in this time in between. We don't know. And so, God, look on favor upon me, Lord. I need you. The Lord replied, I will personally go with you, Moses. Like how he says his name. You, Moses, I'm talking to you. I will personally go with you and will give you rest. Everything will be fine for you. Oh. I need the Lord to speak that to me because I don't know what 2022 has in store. And so I need the Lord to speak upon me. Lord, I need you. There's things that I see ahead in the year that there's going to be more opportunities for me to speak into people's lives in 2022. And I don't want to do it on my own. I don't want to come up with things on my own to give to people. Hey, I I can't do that. I need the word of God to fill me so that I can overflow with confident hope because there's times that I feel like I'm getting hopeless. I feel like that. So Lord, I need you to fill me with hope. Just like Moses was filled with words of encouragement for his people. And so this week, as we're uh, about to embark on this week that um, we might not be sure exactly what to do this week. Maybe you have a couple things lined up, but I want to just once again, just highly recommend and encourage you to seek the Lord this week. Make it, a, make it a week of you seeking his face. If you need something to read, I'll, I'll, I'll point you into some place to read. If you, if you need some, some words of encouragement, we can pray this morning for that. But I want each of you to just pray and ask God to, to, to give you a word this week. So I have a quick story here. Um, in, my, in my own life as a, as a teacher, I, I uh, have students that I see every day And there was one day where this girl was, uh, after school, she was real upset, real crying, and and, uh, I could notice really something was going on. So I, you know, hey, are you okay? Are you okay? And she didn't want to say anything. She didn't want to talk. I could tell something was going up. Are you all right? You want to go talk to someone? No, I'm fine. So I stood back, and I felt like the Lord said to me, some things only come through prayer. 
So, so right now, just step back. I was really concerned. I had a lot of compassion for her. The Lord was like, step back and just, just pray for her. Okay. So I went home that night with a burden, and I was praying for her. And as, as I was praying for her, I felt like the Lord gave me just a simple phrase to give to her. The phrase was, things will get better. It's like, okay. And I kept hearing that. Things will get better. So I wrote it on a sticky note. Things will get better. So the next day, I saw her and I gave it to her. Hey, praying for you. Here you go. Oh, thank you. Real simple, quick. She read it. I didn't know if it did anything. I was like, okay. I was released of that though. When you get a word of encouragement for someone, you have a burden for them and you, you, it doesn't go away until you give it to them. So I gave it to her and then I was released. Like, okay, all right, all right. There we go, God. I felt like I did my task. Then the next week she came to me said, hey, I have something to tell you. I had an encounter with the Lord that uh, uh, one night where I was filled with so much pain and agony. I didn't know what to do, but I cried out to the Lord and I felt like he released pain off of me. I felt like he released it off of me and he filled me with hope. And she said, it was that phrase that you gave me, things will get better, that did it for me. And she trusted in the Lord in that moment that things will get better. And she was filled with a confident hope in that very moment. And it was just simple as that. So thank you, Lord, for doing that. So for me, how did I get that phrase? Where did that phrase come from? Well, it came from the word of God. Revelation 21, one through seven. The Warrens read this Christmas Eve. And I want to encourage us with this and then we can spend some time in prayer and worship once again. Revelation 21 says this, Then I saw a new heaven and a new earth, for the old heaven and the old earth had disappeared, and the sea was also gone. And I saw the holy city, the new Jerusalem, coming down from God, out of heaven like a bride, beautifully dressed for her husband. I heard a loud shout from the throne saying, Look, God's home is now among his people. He will live with them and they will be his people. God himself will be with them. He will wipe every tear from their eyes and there will be no more death or sorrow or crying or pain. All these things are gone forever. And the one sitting on the throne said, look, I am making everything new, making all things better. And then he said to me, write this down for what I tell you is trustworthy and true. And he also said, it is finished. I am the alpha and the omega, the beginning and the end. To all who are thirsty, I will give freely from the springs of water of life. All who are victorious will inherit all these blessings and I will be their God and they will be my children. Let's just pray right now. Your time of prayer can, with the Lord can start right now. Just preparing your heart for what he has for you this week. So Lord, we thank you, God, for your word. We thank you, Jesus, that you're so intimately connected with our lives. We thank you that you know us better than we know ourselves, Lord. You know that we need encouragement. You have a word for us this week. This word can can make all things new. Your word, Jesus, makes all things new. So give us hope today. Speak into our hearts right now, Lord. So if you want to spend some time in prayer right now, let's just do that.